0: Growing Up, Being Born, and Childhood Home. I'm the second child and second son. On my birthday, my parents were visiting my mother's parents in the hamlet of Benjamin, north of Payson. I was born in a hurry. My mother told my father the time had come. He bundled her into the car and sped off to the hospital three miles away in Payson. He carried my mother in, holding my emerging head at the same time. Holding my head was no small accomplishment, I know. I've been doing it all my life, and it is a big head. Always has been. I take something above a seven and a half hat size, but I usually settle for that since that's the biggest size most stores carry. My football helmet in high school was too small, but the next size up was the water bucket. Forget using two holes on adjustable caps. Apparently, the one size fits all means fits all but one, me. I use the last hole, jam the cap down, and when I take it off, I have a Frankenstein mark across my forehead. Soon after I was born, my mother was cradling me in her arms in the hospital. Her paternal grandmother, Rosetta Pay Ride, came in. "'to see the new baby. "'She looked at me, assumed I was hydrocephalic, "'and said, "'You'll never raise that child, Gladys.' "'The new mother didn't take that comment well. "'The pioneer stock of my Grandma Rosetta's generation "'was long on work, short on tact. "'Grandma Rosetta came to care for us occasionally "'when Mom was not feeling well "'and when my two sisters were born.' Mom attempted to sell us on the idea by reminding us that Grandma Rosetta put raisins in the morning oatmeal she cooked. We liked this delicacy. But the appeal appeal was dampened somewhat by the name Grandma Rosetta put on it. Like most of her generation in our part of the country, she called it mush. Even in childhood, I thought, Surely, a less appetizing word does not exist in the English language. If Wheaties was the breakfast of champions, which I firmly believed it was, then mush was the breakfast of Alaskan sled dogs and people who enjoy a hot bowl of wallpaper paste. I was born in the middle of the month, in the lowest year of the Great Depression. My father used to joke, We never worried about the Depression. We already lost everything in the prosperity. We lived on the wrong side of the tracks. I guess that was more embarrassing to the railroad company than to us. We stayed. They eventually tore up the tracks and left town. The little White House at 450 East Utah Avenue, Payson, Utah, was my home from about age two until I left for college at Brigham Young University. My father, Farron Edmund Hyatt, my mother, Gladys Ride Hyatt, and children in order of birth, Gordon Farron, me, Adela Diane, Lou Jean, we were permitted to call her Jeanie, but never Louie, Jay Richard, and Roger Lynn lived in a loving and generally peaceful environment. We might have been even more generally peaceful if we had followed the custom of the Tongans. I learned from my mission there that the first daughter presides over the siblings. Even the king keeps close tabs on his sister's approval ratings of his performance, I was told. In our family, we would have been well advised to consider the counsel of our sister Diane. She was the most level-headed got the best grades of any of us, and in her adult years was a respected teacher and educational administrator. She was also a good little sister who, among other things, fetched socks. This was no small service in our home. We outgrew the space in our little house, so we sawed a doorway under the roof in the back of the house and built an attic bedroom for Gordon and me. It had almost enough headroom to stand up if you walked down straight down the middle of the floor, which was the peak of the roof. The usable space inside was limited, but the stairway to our penthouse was roomy. In fact, it encompassed all outdoors. We nailed the stairs onto the back of the house. The bathroom was downstairs our beds and closets were a trip outside, a climb upstairs away. We didn't want to get out of bed, dress, hike down to the rest of the house, undress, shower, do our other bathroomy things, and get dressed again. We usually jumped out of bed, grabbed an armful of clothes, and hustled down in our whatevers, especially in the winter. We were also usually late for where we were going and often getting dressed found we were short an article or two, most frequently socks. Diane would cheerfully fetch the forgotten clothing and seemed to enjoy helping her big brothers. A small service, perhaps, but multiplied many times by such acts are the gold crowns in heaven burnished. A few years later, the family built on the back of the house enclosing the stairs eliminating our bracing morning run and Diane's benevolent sock service. By then, I was in the Tonga Islands serving people whose coconut palm huts made our house look like a mansion. Along with our family, the house grew over the years with ingenious adaptations and quirky add-ons. The original two rooms never vied for the good housekeeping seal of approval, but they were shelter from the storm, and coincidentally purchased by way of a storm. It is an ill wind that doesn't blow somebody some good, as the saying goes. An ill wind brought us our little house. The wind came just as Ern Frankham was planning to harvest the grain on his farm at the foot of West Mountain, West, obviously uh, Payson. The ill wind flattened his field and made harvesting the grain impossible. In the economically tenuous days of the Depression, one stroke of bad luck could sink you. The bank foreclosed, Earn had to move. Meanwhile, in Benjamin, An unemployed, confused young husband and father sat on the grass under a big cottonwood tree in his wife's parents' front yard, contemplating his bleak future. Down the dusty or muddy lane, depending on the weather, to the farmhouse, sped a car, out jumped Thomas Ride, my great-grandfather. What are you doing wasting your time on a perfectly good day? You should be working, providing for your family, he barked. "'No place to work, no job,' my dad replied. "'Get in,' Tom said, and the two roared away. They pulled up at the bank in Spanish Fort. "'George in,' Tom asked the receptionist. "'He's in, sir, but he's busy right now,' she answered. "'He's not too busy to see me,' Tom said, brushing past her desk "'and bursting into the office with Farron in tow. "'George, this young man, needs a home for his family.' You've got the Franken place out on West Mountain. Let him take his family and stay there until they can get settled. Tom, Tom, I can't do that. It's a foreclosure, the bank president protested. Yes, you can. It's better than leaving it empty for the kids to break out the windows and steal what isn't, whatever isn't nailed down. You know me. You can trust me. It'll be all fine. Now fix up the papers and we'll sign them and get on our way. So let it be written, so let it be done, as the pharaoh says in the movie The Ten Commandments. We had a home, at least for now. Spring came. The blown-over stalks had dropped their seeds on the ground, where they sprouted and grew. The windfall crop brought in a $100 from the mill. With the money, Dad bought a two-room house in Spring Lake, just south of Payson. Later, a mover with a big wagon and hulking horse team happened to be headed our way. He agreed to transport the house to the foundation, a small basement Dad had carved by hand out of the hard, hard pan, pacing ground. We were settled for the rest of my parents' lives and the growing up years of mine. Most of those years, there were four of us children, Richard and Roger were two little welcome surprise cabooses on our family train, who came after Gordon and I had left. I guess we lived in the industrial part of Payson, if there was one. Our front window looked across the street to the big brick building housing big iron machinery. But they were also the home of the most fascinating neighbor any boy ever had. She was a woman of adventure from the big town, Salt Lake City. She visited several times a day, and she had a backyard any imaginative child would die for, and almost did, our parents sometimes warned us.